0: Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, welcome to Socks on Tap.
1: Tony, I, my first reaction is just, fuck yes, let's
2: go. Socks That's that's where it all starts. It all starts taking care of
0: business, in-house, in the Central Division.
2: That's right, I'm a meatball. You gotta bring that top-button swag, baby.
0: It is always great to beat the Cubs
2: And I'm a homer, so I
0: always say they're gonna. Dallas, Keiko, Lansing got some beards that you should be afraid of. What everybody said when he
1: gets out there, it's me versus the other guy, and I'm gonna beat him. So I just love that mentality. It's cool and fucking
2: tough. Steve, Steve, would you say that Tony is mad online? I, I would definitely say that. The White Sox winner...
1: White Sox fans, welcome into the Sox on Tap post game show. We're going three way tonight. Johnny Nani here alongside Tony Marchese and NWI Steve. Boys, crack
0: them for a dub over the Cubs. Ooh, I see Tony's doing that already. I mean, I cracked this thing well before we started recording here, Johnny. We're in Fly the L Studios tonight, Johnny. It's always great to beat the Cubs. I see it right behind you. Yeah, yeah. very nice. Very nice touch. Steve, how you doing, man? How you, how you feel about that win?
2: Hey, yo, oh, boys. I'm feeling really good. Listen, hot three-way action on a Tuesday night. This might this might be not safe for work.
1: Yeah, not safe for work. Yo, what's up, Sal? Hey, That's yo, so Sal. You. Sal, White Sox. Sal, in the comments here, love it. Uh, Make sure join the YouTube stream so you can get your comments featured here on the broadcast. White Sox, take down the Cubs in the... Uh, opener of the 2022 crosstown classic three to one tonight boys uh, a little small ball battling the elements uh and the north side rivals um great to see it that's two in a row i think that's the biggest takeaway for me tonight
0: yeah two in a row johnny i i know that uh we had a little debate i'll turn to steve on whether or not we're on a winning streak or not yet but Ooh. uh it's always good to win ball games johnny we say here Victory beers taste better. I just can't get enough of this Budweiser tonight. I'm, I'm, I'm feeling it. Might get in one. Uh, does the weekend start on Tuesday, Johnny?
1: Uh, I think we can make an
0: exception for
1: cross-town weekend. Yeah. I think that's yeah. yeah. <laughs> works for me. Uh, Steve, are we commentary. on a winning streak?
2: Here's the thing. The immortal Lou Brown once famously said, we won a game yesterday we win a game today. That's two in a row. We win a game tomorrow. That's three in a row. That's called the winning streak. It's happened before and it can happen again. Yeah. I, Steve, I love that. But the thing
1: is with that one, he was like uh, talking his guys up for that second game. We've got number two checked off. So we're, we're a little bit ahead of the schedule. We're, that's we're, good. we're yeah, dangerously yeah, just, close yeah, right now. Right, right, right. Exactly. Dangerously close. I'm uh, going to take another one. Uh, this is running to back. Same time uh, again at Wrigley field uh, on Wednesday night and boys, we're doing a little three-way action on Tuesday night.
2: We're we'll run that thing <laughs> back again for Wednesday in person. I'm normally you got normally well. you got to pay
0: double for that kind of action. <laughs> hey, it's 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 back-to-back nights. We're going to be together in person to watch the White Sox officially get their winning streak tomorrow. Um, it's gonna yep. be a good time. We might have some content coming your way throughout uh tomorrow's ball game. Looking forward to having a couple beers with you guys and a uh, couple two tree pops, couple two tree pops, and uh, having a uh, uh, watch a ball game. Maybe we'll be in Fly the L Studios again after the game. We'll see.
1: Yeah, hopefully, that's a hope, Tony. But uh, let's talk about tonight's game, boys. Uh, White Sox now 10 and 13 after that win tonight. Um, like I had mentioned, battling the elements there, uh, monsoon is the best way that i can describe that because that the uh, wind was howling in uh there was mist all throughout the night obviously a little bit lighter earlier and then heavier later on you just saw it uh from the broadcast we had uh boots on the ground there with a few uh on tap contributors out at the ballpark i'm sure it was a wet one but a victorious one That's for our Sox said. guys out there so yeah right yeah
0: that is yeah. it's already off the rails
1: yeah it, we, we we're we're getting there we're getting there yeah um through action on a school night. Yeah, Sal, that's where we're at. That's where we're at. Back-to-back school nights, too. It's an NSFW week uh, here at Sox on Tap. So looking forward to bringing you guys' content there. Um, guys, uh, initial thoughts from this game. White Sox doing what they need to do. I know we did have one long fly from Timmy, but other than that, wasn't pretty. But guess what? Baseball is not always going to be pretty. And we've talked about just doing what you need to do to set yourself up, get them on, get them over, get them in. They did that very effectively, especially in the second inning tonight.
0: Love love seeing it, Johnny. And just the, the ability to be opportunistic, produce runs. Uh, it doesn't matter how you get them, it just matters that you do. Uh, I, I love today's ball game, but I, I also want to go toss this thought out here. Uh, Michael Kopak doing what you want Michael Kopak to do. I, I wish there was a little bit more length on that, but what you saw from Michael Kopak tonight, yes, that is I, I got the chuckle from Steve. I wish there was <laughs> yeah. a little more length on that but you know, he got the job done tonight. It was good. It looked good through uh the four innings that he was able to, to get through there. I uh, love Tony going back to him. Just, you know, Nick Madrigal has the, I believe the single there it's, to exit Michael Cope from the ball game, but he got, he got the job done tonight. boy. I
1: just want to, in that uh instance, Tony, I'd heard on the post game show, they're questioning the decision to even go back to him, but, I don't mind it if he's only at 80 there and you think you can, if because guess what? If he gets a quick inning there, then guess what? You got yourself five innings out of him. Exactly. And you didn't expect it to. So I agree that I enjoy that. Um, I did like seeing that. And guess what? You pulled them right after that and no damage. Who on the game show
0: questioned it? I'm just, I'm curious. Here. It
1: was a combination of Chuck and Ozzy, but okay. yeah. Uh,
0: yeah. I liked it. I liked it. I think I saw, a couple, of, I a, think I saw a couple of people on Twitter saying, yeah. go back to him. Like, right. I felt like that was a general consensus. Oh, yeah. No, I'm, I'm amongst just saying fans. Go back to him. There's
1: different perspectives there, and it's like, you know, wondering what you're going to do. But I say if you're at 80 and they, the fact that they were able to roll him out there, I think that bodes well for future – um, because guess what, he could go back out there and have yeah. a quick inning against a different team. But uh, yeah.
0: where were you at on this, Steve? I'm curious.
2: Yeah. I think I think it was definitely the right move, and I think Tony handled it appropriately. You know, having Raylo ready to go there in the event that um, you know he wasn't able to work a clean inning so as to not allow the inning to kind of go sideways on him a little bit right there. I think especially because look, that third inning really took a lot out of Michael Kopech. Um, You know, was really cruising through the first two innings really was establishing the fastball command. There had a good, hard, sharp biting slider, um, was definitely utilizing and pounding guys um, on the inner third of the plate with that fastball. I mean, um, Suzuki got kind of abused tonight with, with the fastballs in underneath his hands a little bit, and kind of seems like that's something that the league is doing to him right now, making that initial adjustment to him. But, you know, the big takeaway that I had from Michael Kopeck here today, and I don't want this to sound overly negative because overall it was certainly a positive performance, but that third inning right there really highlighted something that I've kind of been keeping my eye on a little bit here particularly the 14 pitch at bat to uh, Rivas highlighted to me the fact that Kopech really has to start working in the changeup more effectively here. It's been almost exclusively fastball, curveball to this point, and that at bat, just the constant foul balls there really showed the need to have a third offering there to be able to sprinkle in there, just have that seat planted in the back of the hitter's mind to know, hey, you know, okay, I'm falling off the fastball. I'm falling off the breaking ball here. He's got that third pitch right there that he could throw at me right now. To, so I need to be mindful of that. He didn't have that tonight. I think he threw one changeup in the entire outing here today out of the 83 pitches that he threw. So that's something that going forward here. Definitely want to see him. I'm gonna, I'm to gonna stop you. I'm gonna corner. stop
0: you right here, Steve. Johnny, are fastballs, high heat fastballs, cool and tough. Right.
1: Yeah. No, absolutely, Tony. And I just just chiming in on that, Steve. I, I agree with you in that. Um that changeup can be deceptive, especially with how hard he throws a fastball and how much ride he can get on it, like we saw in that outing at Minnesota. But I think with Michael Kopech, you got to understand where he is uh, in coming along. Remember when we were clamoring for Dylan Cease to use extra pitches and you know not rely on just like a two or three pitch mix, uh, especially with him since he's got about four that he can uh, throw in there. Um, he's still crawling or excuse me, clawing along, uh, in this development, as I like to say. And, uh, I, I think that it will come with time, but I agree that it's an adjustment that hopefully is something that Ethan Katz is talking with him, Steve. I think that's a fair assessment of it. Um, I agree, you would like to see more of it, but I do at the same time understand with sometimes if you're not feeling it, he's
2: going to go yeah. with what feels right that night And, and I think too, with you know, given the conditions that were out there tonight, um, listen, obviously the baseball had to be particularly slick. And in those circumstances, guys don't necessarily have a great feel for things. And if it's, you know, your third offering is something that you don't throw with a great deal of regularity, I can certainly understand, you know, not uh, going to that in a pivotal situation there, particularly when you have a long extended at bat like that. Um, but, you know, that's, that's just something that is going to be part of that continued development process for Michael Kopech here throughout the course of the season.
1: Tony, anything further on Kopech before we move on to the bats here?
0: I mean, I just think that if you've got a high heat, sexy fastball, the the, the way that Michael Kopech has, and we've already deemed now that, you know, high heat fastballs are cool and tough. I'm going to I'm going to ask you another question, Johnny. Curveballs that have massive break on them (laughs) that's the best pitch in baseball. That's okay. pitching baseball. So pitch baseball. if you've got those two working, If you've got those two working, I mean the changeup is the lamest and weakest pitch in baseball. I'm a, I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm a. I'm we're gonna, gonna to I think we're gonna get
1: right to there. a reliever where Steve's gonna have a little counter argument. That's fine. Back up That's with fine. Them,
2: well, it's, listen, it's, yeah. it's, the I, least I sexy love, pitch in baseball. I, it, I you love up porn. You could love a change. Change up wow. porn is one of my favorite things out there in the, See, in the yeah, baseball
1: world. It's, it's different strokes for different folks because you, Tony, I think you like the fastball the most. I like the curveball the most. This is just Steve enjoys some change up porn, right? Oh. So it's good. We got we got we got a diversity of opinion here. I like it. I like it. I like it. Hey you you have to, to have, have a diverse, diverse portfolio
2: out. of weapons there. Yeah, the, right. You know? Yeah.
1: Yeah. And you know what's great about that is our guy Dylan C says all of those.
0: All of those plus slider so yeah it, if, if just, you're in the comments what's yesterday. what's yeah. your favorite pitch drop them in there what's what's the what what yeah. see, uh, oh yeah. what pitch do you like sell sell my guy twelve six curveball yeah, thank you or, that's yeah. I, I yeah I was that was happy to see
1: Clayton Kershaw uh, king of that curveball uh, get it done with that Dodgers record the other night. Okay, we got a knuckleball. David Bennett with the knuckleball is the sexy knuckleball. too. I like that. Any other favorite pitches? Drop them in, and we can come back to that. But um, that about let's close the book in Kopech here. Four innings, four hits, no runs, two walks, five strikeouts. There, uh, obviously, you'd like to see uh, no walks, uh, like a guy like Dylan sees. But once again, clawing along in this development. Let's see where it takes him. Let's see if he can get that change up back in there, and we will move on and evaluate Michael Kopech after his next start. Overall. Serviceable did the job that the White Sox needed tonight. Let's move on to the bats. White Sox scored a pair in the second inning, like I'd mentioned. A couple hits to get the party started there with Mr. Peto and uh, Adam Engel. And then some balls that probably shouldn't have been, well, at least Jake Berger's, uh, a little weak uh, roller, slow roller down the third base line, Almost works as a sack bunt of sorts. Excuse me, single. Bunt for a single, bunt for a hit in that aspect. But uh, he gets that first run home. Uh, and then Reese McGuire laying down the safety squeeze. Boys, like I said, with the elements, the way that they were tonight, I'm not mad about either of these.
2: I really loved that safety squeeze right there with uh, Reese, Reese McGuire in that in that circumstance. Um, I just thought that that was really a, a genius move by by Tony, like you talked about there, Johnny. Obviously, the elements, the ball's going to be slick, um, and he executed that perfectly and that's something yep. look Reese McGuire's been been kind of scuffling a little bit with the bat yep. so hey you got to find some way to get that second run across the board um and that was something i don't think a lot of people were were anticipating that so the element of surprise certainly uh struck right there and i i loved it
1: i think like you'd touch on with Reese skidding a little bit at the plate um that i i like his willingness to just he has t w t w a bit and um reese mcguire has been a tw tw and we got to see it over the course of 162 but i like the earlier turns because he's willing to do what it takes to help his team win and you saw that on display with that uh, safety squeeze in the second inning
2: yeah you know in that circumstance look he decided i'm going to take this situation into my own hands and i'm going to get the job done squeezed it out
0: yeah he's, he definitely <laughs> definitely squeezed it out i was i was about to come in here and ask steve uh, you know, like the Allstate, you're in good hands. How is Reese McGuire not sponsored by Allstate at this point? Yeah.
2: <laughs> that's uh, that's a tremendous question, right there. I. Uh... I don't. I don't know where we go from here. We've we've really gone off the rails here right now.
1: We're we're talking uh, second inning runs here. Second <laughs> inning runs. Uh, anything else? Hey, Jake Berger. Jake Berger, pick the click. That's technically an RBI single, wide drive in the box score, as far as I'm concerned, uh, in regards to my pick the click selection here. But hey, I will say before that though. There was no nothing nothing cheap at all about Adam Engel's double. The spin that he had on that thing, he friggin' roped that thing uh, into the left center gap. So it's nice to see him get going with that double down the line. The Scorpedo for the insurance run on Monday, coupled with this to set up the White Sox scoring situation in the second inning today. Maybe time that Adam Engel's heating up. I like it,
2: Mister Dump Truck himself.
0: Yep. Yeah, I mean, if if you get Adam Engel hitting, I think that's a it's a really good sign for the White Sox guys, uh, and, and that's something that I go back to, even this off when we had all of our discussions about Michael Conforto and you know where do you go like what, what do you have here? Adam Engel's quietly been one of the streakier bats in this White Sox lineup. There's been times where, you know, you you go through. Uh, you know the bottom portion of your order, and Adam Engels there, and if he's hitting the ball, I mean, look what he did in Oakland back in 2020. You showed up for a series right there. He's a guy that can be an everyday right fielder when he's streaky like that. I kind of comp him almost a little bit right now with what you get with AJ Pollock from what we've heard from the Dodgers. Like, can he get to that level? I think his defense is oh. b- better than Pollock, but if he gets right. on these yes. streaky little little tears you couple the two of those guys together and you've really solved that, that third outfield spot. And right now you're down Eloy. And if Adam Engel gets hot or A.J. Pollock gets hot for a little while, do you really miss that production? It's, it's, it makes it sting yeah, a lot,
1: you... lot less. Yes. I think that's the answer that you're looking for here, Tony. And health is just a, it's a, it's the elephant in the room. But health is the biggest key for both of those guys. How many times have we seen Adam Engel mm-hmm. go down with the hamstring? We've already seen A.J. Pollock go down with the hamstring What he hasn't played over 105 games. Since 2017, I believe uh, that's a mark. Might be 115. Uh, could be wrong. Remember in the Baseball Reference stat there. But either way, health is the key for these guys. So with Eloy sideline,
2: it is paramount that both these guys stay on the dime. As they taught, one of the age-old sayings is, "Availability is one of the most important abilities."
0: Cal Ripken, man, like Iron Man. Hey, yeah. I mean, it's it's cool and tough to be in every ball game. Jose Abreu, that's another one. I right. mean, that's a, I mean, that's a guy that
2: you basically have to remove a limb to get him out of the lineup. Yeah, that's a, that's a warrior. Talk about
1: TWTW. TW. Um, yeah. Well, let's let's close the book on this year since we're talking about the second inning here because we got a we got a long ball to talk about in the third. But uh yeah, set the tone, Matt. Love you in the comments here. Uh make sure you join the YouTube comments uh so you can get them featured on the screen here. Sally, our boy, White Sox Sell, says small ball for life. Steve, you enjoy that one. Going back to our pitching discussion. Hey, comes on tap guy in here. Uh, You're good sport, Joey Recorder. But uh, he chimes in with curveball being his favorite pitch. Uh, thank you. And he also agrees with you, Steve, in that he's a sicko for a nasty change. So uh, like those. And ben, on the air right now. regarding Reese has TWTW in uh, public, private, north side urinals, wherever he needs it. There you go. I'll close the book on the second inning. Uh, let's move on to the third, boys. I'm going to have The improbable. The improbable home run goes out to the bleachers tonight. Tim Anderson doing his best to destroy uh, those disgusting things um, out behind the wall. He got all that one opposite field, uh, put it at least a good, what, you'd say eight, nine, ten rows deep. Uh, it could be even more uh, depending on where the outswing comes there, but uh, that was impressive, and uh, let's talk about T.A.'s opposite field approach.
2: That's just something that has been a continuation from what we've seen maybe over the last four to five games here. And we'll see that from him with regularity. He was in a little bit of a funk there and he does this quite a bit to get himself out of it. He'll let the ball get a little bit deeper on him, really work in to right and right center. And then all of a sudden, you know, I wouldn't be surprised tomorrow if, you know, Hendricks goes out there and just tries to kind of groove one of those 85 mile an hour fastballs. We, we know he's going to be looking to be swinging first pitch, I wouldn't be surprised if he's looking to turn and burn and try to put one over the scoreboard tomorrow with that first pitch. So, um, but that's usually a good sign that Timmy is really starting to feel it up there to play it. And he's driving the ball with, you know, really good exit velocity through that right side there and doing damage here, uh, putting it over, putting it over that uh, right field wall there. you love to see it.
0: You know, I think that, you know, just watching the past couple games, Tim Anderson, I mean, lead off home run the other day uh drove a couple balls on on sunday uh you know he's just starting to feel it a little bit more at the plate and i think he's coming around before some of the other guys on this offense will like your aj Pollock, your jose abreu some of these other guys um steve i think you were the like the biggest proponent of the straw that stirs the drink As you've seen Tim Anderson start to drive the ball a little bit more and and, and find gaps, we were just so frustrated with this offense a couple of days ago. As Timmy started to go, this White Sox offense has started to go, and I really believe that he is a huge proponent of the past two-game turnaround hit. He is the guy that sets the tone. That's why we have a shirt um, outside of some NWI Steve antics. I, I really do believe in the in the set the tone thing, and he's leading the charge here, guys. He yeah. really
1: is. He's built, built, Building off that uh, home run that we saw Saturday, too, when you're talking about opposite field approach, um, he even hit this one further through worse elements. Granted, it wasn't a great day on Saturday, but at the beginning of that ball game, it was a little bit lighter than when he hit this ball here tonight
0: at Wrigley. Yeah, let's not discount the fact that it's not easy to hit a home run right now in Major League Baseball. And to, to yeah, even when the weather's in, nice. Yes, even when the weather's nice. Uh, drove <laughs> drove that one tonight. you got to put a, a pretty decent charge on a baseball right now to make that happen. I think that that makes the feat just even that more incredible, guys. I don't know if you've okay. got any thoughts on that, but yeah. to me that's – Pretty fucking impressive.
1: One thing I think can close it out is Thompson Huggett. Timmy heard it. Very
2: well said. Yeah. Nothing not, further yeah, bad, it, counselor. What,
1: yeah. What, what, one thing uh, that I, as we're transitioning through the rest of this game, we're going to get into bullpen arms here. I know Steve's got a little bit of a breakdown. Um, Jose Ruiz style, Aaron Bummer as well. Uh, we've got a couple other guys. Matt Foster talk about Liam Hendricks once again, shutting the door with no drama, no heart attack Hendricks tonight. So that was all good to see. But let's give some kudos to the White Sox defense because before Michael Kopeck even got out of this game, uh, Steve, you talked about that third inning that kind of really uh, did him in for. For uh, from possibly being able to go later in the game, let's talk about the defense finally being shored up. Uh, granted, it was you know fairly right, Adam, but guess what? I feel like if we're in that series at Cleveland, uh, or uh, against Kansas City when we were in the middle of that funk, Bray might like botch that ball off of his glove that was double play to close down that third inning. There, uh, we've got that one from him, uh, to get out of that jam in the third inning, and then uh, we've got another, uh, uh, double play ball in the top of the fifth. Then uh, I believe it was low in at this point, but Abreu making the right play, going straight to the bag, uh, and then throwing back to uh, second base where Tim Anderson was covering, made the tag uh, perfectly fine. No errant throws there. It's nice to see the defense cleaned up, and I think that needs at least a little bit of discussion here uh, compared to what we saw with the slot uh, over the past kind of uh, bad stretch that we had.
2: Yeah, Abreu really has done a tremendous job of turning himself into an above average defender. And, you know, there was really a case that could have been made that he should have won a gold glove last year. And he really is impressive on the 363 three, double play. Just his his ability to, you know, go and make a quality throw, um, to put, you know, whether it's Timmy or whoever is playing second base in position to make a, a tag uh with relative ease. So seeing that um on an almost nightly basis is very refreshing. And it's just amazing the development that we've seen from him from when he first came over uh, from cuba because you know it's like night and day between those two guys and Johnny, like, like you talked about there, that double play on the liner that Suzuki hit to get out of that third inning. I mean, that was really, I think in a lot of ways, kind of a momentum, uh, shifter right there because, you know, if that ball, you know, gets through there or if he doesn't feel the cleanly, if it hits off his glove, all of a sudden now you're talking about, you know, it being a three to one game and, you know, maybe then that kind of turns the momentum a little bit here and, uh, but seeing him just come through, make that play, doing what he does, you know, that's that was big to help get Kopech out of that inning. Tony, you
1: got to be happy to not have to uh say that that was little league bullshit uh, over these past uh, few games here.
0: Yeah, I, I mean, you know me. Uh huge little league coach guy. Um <laughs> hate seeing the ball thrown around the field drives me nuts. Um so uh, just Having to not watch the White Sox play like my 10-year-old uh, baseball team is is a win in and of itself, Johnny. Um, very happy with the defense. Uh, I mean, these are just things that we, we've watched over the past couple of weeks. It happens to baseball teams. I think it, it's it's a hard cycle to break out of when you're trying to force the issue and make things happen. Uh, but you like to see this Current stretch of White Sox defense because it 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 lends itself, I think, a little bit further than just throwing the ball around the infield. It has to do with the level of comfortability and the and, and just the 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 way that the clubhouse and the team is playing together. When you see things just a little bit more crisp like this, I think it's it's more about the overall feel of the team. Yep. Than it is in a locked in mindset, right? Yes, exactly. So, like, I, you like to see ball games like this, where you know, or a couple of days in a row, where things are just going your way. Yeah, and it's it, the it, same thing. Ice tilt in hockey. Yeah, right. This that's it's this it, that's kind of the same mindset that I put towards this when you're you're throwing the ball around or balls are bouncing off your glove. You're trying to force things, dropping fly balls. It's 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 the same ice tilt that you get in hockey.
1: Yeah, unforced turnovers in neutral zone, mm-hmm. yada, yada, yada. Yep. Pick and exact choose same poor, poor exit passes. It's, it's, and yada, it's yada, hard
0: yada. to yep. get out of that cycle. So when yep. you see that turn, it's – yeah. Um, I, I like yeah. what I see.
1: Yeah. So I, I just wanted to give a little shout out there because uh, it's easy for us to sit here and we did after those Cleveland games, after those Kansas city games, we sat here and railed on it for a while. So I did want to give some, because it would have been easy, would have been easy to make some excuses and say, oh, well, the ball was slippery and oh, yada. Yeah. Well, guess what? They clean it up. Uh, overall, no uh, errors or excuse me, one error in the scorebook for the white Sox tonight. That was Jake Berger, uh, botching a ball, but overall, uh, the, the more contested hard plays, um, especially in tricky situations to get out of jams. Uh, uh, they executed when it mattered, so very opportunistic in the field as well as at the plate. So I like to see that. All right, boys, let's turn it over to the bullpen. Uh, we had a combination of Lopez, Ruiz, Bummer, Foster, Hendricks close this thing out. Pick and choose your name and go ahead and uh, tell us what you liked, what you didn't like, whatever it may be. Steve, I'll lead it off, lead it off with you.
2: Yeah, um, I'm going to start off with Ronaldo Lopez, obviously coming in there in that fifth inning. Um, you know, coming in for Michael Kopech and just really went out there and the, the stuff was crisp tonight going out there, getting after guys right away. And he just, he looked sharp. We've seen that pretty consistently from him uh, so far this year. One or two little hiccups all, all along the way, but he seems to have really found himself a role there in this mid relief kind of long man uh, scenario. And I think Tony's using him pretty effectively. I was a little confused as to why he didn't go back out there for the sixth inning, uh, to be totally honest with you. I thought that was would have been a good spot for him to go out there and, you know, get six outs, kind of shorten um the game a little bit before you bridge things over to, you know, one of those, you know, Bummer, uh Graven obviously was Foster tonight, and then Liam Hendricks. But, you know, he just went out there and in a situation where he has an inherited runner out there in a uh in a you know three to one game. He, he goes out there and says, "Hey, you know what? I'm gonna just stop this right now. I'm gonna shut the door. We're gonna get back in the dugout. And we're gonna go try to score some more runs." And, and that's what you really need to see out of that first guy in the
1: Yeah, and I, love, I love the emotion. When we were talking about you know good vibes rolling through this team, since Sean's not in here uh, in the show, we gotta uh, bring him in here spiritually uh, with the vibes. And I love the glove pound from Raylo right after he strikes out that guy uh, to end his frame uh, in the fifth there. That I love seeing that kind of stuff. Uh, shows me his confidence in, in what he's doing out there. Tony, got any comments on bullpen usage tonight?
0: Absolutely, uh, I'm going to go with Matt Foster. We're picking names here. I, I think that you know Matt Foster showing up in the inning choice from Tony Larusa against the Chicago Cubs may have been a little bit of like a fuck you when when he got through that inning right there. I mean, this is a guy who struggled mightily last year, uh, given a very high leverage situation, showed up, did his thing. And he wasn't the guy that I, I think that any of you would have expected to come out of the pen in that situation. Jose Ruiz has had his high leverage spots. Um, you know, uh, Bummer's had his high leverage spots. Kendall Graveman's been the, the real high leverage guy outside of your closer this year. Um, I, I saw a couple of takes on Twitter while we were watching this game that, uh, you know, why aren't you going to Graveman here? And, uh, you know he he's pitching a couple of ball games throughout the weekend and um, probably unavailable tonight is my guess. But pitched
1: pitch just yesterday.
0: I I, th- I thought it was I thought it took a lot of balls to pull out Matt Foster in that situation in in, in any sense here. The guys had a good stretch lately. He lived up to it. I want to couple this to something that Johnny said on the show a couple of times about rebuilding guys' confidence, right? And getting them to a, a situation where they can go and and perform in a high leverage situation. You've seen it with Aaron Bummer. Guy got roughed up. Matt Foster last year, not a high leverage guy at all in this bullpen. Building himself back up right now, and I think that the combination of of Tony Larusa and Ethan Katz have managed this absolutely phenomenally to the point where when Kendall Graveman's not available, this white Sox bullpen can go to Matt Foster in a high leverage situation because they've built this guy up to the point where he can handle something like that and go and get the job done. Fucking gain ball. If I can give one to somebody, it's the, the, the organization of the pitching staff and Matt Foster himself for getting through that situation. Fucking phenomenal watching that tonight. It's little things in baseball to get the job done. Can you imagine if that thing unraveled? That's tough as nails stuff. Matt Foster, bullpen. I mean, the, the 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 question was asked in the Sox on Tap group chat, is the super pen back? When you've got stuff like Matt Foster working in high leverage situations, I think we're close to saying it is.
1: Yeah, right. And I think Steve's going to have some comments on this next. First of all, uh, kudos to Matt Foster with an 082 ERA so far this season. So that is a pretty mark, uh, especially compared to, like you would said, Tony, his uh, major struggles that he endured last year. Uh, mine's going to be i got to pick out Aaron Bummer because I had said that it's time to just start using him in a few low leverage roles to just like I said, it's about building that confidence back up through multiple outings. And this was I agree. Steve, you very well could have went back to Raylo, especially since we've used him as a swingman. We've used him as a long reliever and extended multi-inning guy. You very well could have done that. But by going to Bummer here, you get him to have an outing where he comes in with a clean slate. I think that's big for him right now to just come in and be able to work from the start without uh, any external uh, situations that were dumped upon him uh, upon coming into the ball game, And he executed. Grandy got close on that second hitter, but it he got the job done. He got it done and the stuff is nasty when it's on. And I think just rebuilding that confidence, this was another step in it. And I would maybe even like to see another one where it's another clean slate that you bring him in. Sure. Maybe it might be a little later in the ball game uh, in a future one. Maybe you're going to the seventh uh, next time, but um, either way, I like seeing that because I, as much as I slam him, I'll give him the kudos where it's due. And he did it tonight and I hope to see it one more time. And then maybe, maybe if they feel that he's ready for that, put them back into those high leverage roles. And that's what I would like to see when you're talking about building up confidence uh, and doing it over multiple games, multiple outings. Uh, that's, that's what I like to see, at least personally. Once again, I am not in there. I am not Ethan Katz, but just from an external perspective watching, you can see. You can see guys get down. You can see guys when they're down on themselves. What he said when he was beat, kicking himself uh, over games that we had lost last week, uh, and he had had a rough outing uh, during it. Um, hey, Johnny, it's good before, to build confidence. Before Steve, yeah.
0: that where can I find that stat for guys down on themselves on Baseball Reference? No, no,
1: you're not. You're not going to find it. You're, you're, you're not going to find it. But um, I, I do like take both uh, into account: the human factor, and then also the, uh, you know. Uh, The the numbers as well, and I think uh, Aaron Bummer will definitely be back in that role sooner rather than later, but it's a process of building back up to that, in my personal opinion.
2: And Johnny, I think you're absolutely right in that, from that perspective, because look, obviously Bummer was entrusted to kind of be one of those late inning, seventh, eighth inning guys in those high leverage spots, and he was faltering to start the season here. And I think it is definitely something that can wear on you as a pitcher. I know about that from personal experience. You go out there and you, you go through a rough stretch. It's like anything else in life that that you do. If you're accustomed to doing a job well, and then you hit a little bit of a rough patch, that seed of doubt can creep into the back of your mind there. So I think kind of shifting him into some lower leverage roles here for a couple of outings, allowing him to build that confidence and then, it almost kind of seems as though his mindset has shifted a little bit because we've seen these last two outings here where he's actually going out there and attacking guys early in counts, getting first pitch strikes. And what point do I just beat every fucking night on this show? (laughs) Yeah. Work ahead of fucking hitters. It's amazing what can happen when a pitcher does that with consistency. And we've seen that from Aaron Bummer, his last two outings. I want to see it continue. Right. I think hitting the reset button has done wonders for the control. Uh is just a summary of what you
1: had just uh, you know, elaborated on there. All right, we got one more arm to touch on, uh, Steve, because I know you, you had talked about your changeups earlier, uh, and that's Mr. Jose Ruiz. A high levered situation here, uh coming in the seventh, I believe. Uh yeah, for for his outing. Uh, would you like from
2: uh, Jose Ruiz? Tonight? I, I really do like seeing him work in the changeup with more consistency, um, in conjunction with you know, that 96, 97 mile an hour fastball and the hard biting slider command was a little bit of an issue tonight with the fastball in particular. Um, He did work himself into some trouble, but he ultimately was able to get out of it. But just being able to sprinkle in that change up there now and having a third offering to, again, just have in the back of the hitters mind, knowing that you got a guy that's got 96, 97, and then he can drop that on you. Um, and pull that out of his back pocket. That's That can make a guy dangerous. If he goes out there and if he just cleans up the command, we've seen that from him in a couple of outings this year where he goes out there and he's just commanding the fastball right away and it makes that change up that much more devastating. Do that with more consistency. And again, now all of a sudden you're talking about having another weapon for Tony to utilize in the pen here in various yeah. different roles. Helps when you throw smoke to really have that offset and velocity. So I it, will it, say that. It helps
1: that he yeah. throws 96 and can really gas it up to 98 Uh, If he really wants to. So uh, one one more time, I did no uh, heart attack Hendricks tonight. That was great. But hey, boys, it's great seeing your big money closer, your big name closer. Come in, lock it down. No problem. No bullshit at all. Uh, Liam Hendricks was phenomenal once again uh, for the second consecutive game.
0: So many people are happy online right now that uh, Kenwell's not talking about Alex Calame. and that's how you know it's been a great night on White Sox. It, it,
2: it, listen, anytime Ken or, or Craig sh- Kimbrell, any <laughs> has to shut the fuck up, we all win. <laughs> fuck you, Ken.
0: Then the, welcome to Sox on Tap. Hey, I was i I'm a cocked hats for closers kind of guy. We all know this on this show. Johnny, you've been in the garage. Steve, yep. you've been oh, in yeah. the garage. A big Alex Calamay guy. But you gotta love when Liam Hendricks just locks a ball game down real clean. And you saw that from a few things. Yeah, I just gotta make one more, one more comment and we can close the bullpen talk down. Jose Ruiz is just such like an enigma. It's just, it's so fascinating to me that there's this guy out there that I could not stand a couple of years ago that comes into ball games and gets the job done because they're like, if, if the white Sox do win a world series guys and Jose Ruiz like plays any part of any of those games, he's got to be the least likely of the entire rebuild to have made it through. Right. Like,
1: I was a former catcher,
0: if you remember. Yes, so like that's what, the, like that's where I mm-hmm. want to hone in on right here. Well, I've got both of your attention. If the White Sox do something and Jose Ruiz is part of it, like even for an inning where he comes in and works a clean inning, he had to have been the most, like least thought of right. guy for, through the rebuild to make it to this for a at while. This he, point.
1: For a while, let's throw it back a couple of years, Tony. You thought he was just part of the reliever recycling program,
0: yes, right? Yes, exactly. And that's what I want to go back to, Johnny. <laughs> and I want to say it right now on this show so that we have it recorded yeah. that he, he was part of the reliever recycling program with Juan Manaya yeah, and a bunch he, of other guys. Yeah, he had some, and up yet and down he's making Charlotte, impacts yeah. right now for this team. That is quote unquote competitive. I know the year hasn't gone the way that we've all hoped it has so far. In the middle but of Jose the whale, Ruiz, right, yeah. yeah. Well, you've got to work, you've got to work hard to get yourself to that point. And Jose Ruiz has done his job and, and proven me wrong. So
1: harnessing the command, baby. It's honestly it sounds fucking simple as hell, but throwing strikes goes a long way, especially early on. Who, who would have
0: who would have thought at this point in time? That very, Carson Fulmer very, very is getting basic. DFA'd, yeah, I mean, by like multiple teams, and Jose Ruiz is making impact pitches in ball games.
2: Yeah, and I, I know. Would you uh, have, would
0: would either of you have said that four years ago?
2: No, I I personally would have because when I saw Jose Ruiz in Birmingham in 2018, I remember looking at that stuff and being like, "This guy is actually going to be a viable major league reliever." So, I did say it.
0: Okay. Well, All the right. whites actually should have probably hired you over a couple of guys in their scouting departments, team, is what you're saying.
2: <laughs> I'm not
1: going there. <laughs> All right, let's move on. Uh, we got another one of these games running it back, obviously. Like we said, uh, we will be uh, providing some live content from Garage Day Marchese uh, tomorrow. Uh, Wednesday night. Uh, that's a six forty start once again from the north side of town. Um, game there on NBC Sports Chicago and Marquee uh, pitching matchup. We've got Lucas Giolito and then Kyle Hendricks. Uh, so battle of the aces, so to say, uh, at least in terms on paper. Um, boys, what are you expecting from this matchup?
2: I think we're going to see a lot of what we have seen from the White Sox offense over the last few weeks, going out there being aggressive early in counts. We know Kyle Hendricks is going to be around the plate with consistency. This is a guy that does not walk people with regularity. The White Sox do not take walks. Hence, I have to issue the White Sox walk alert tweet anytime it happens. So I'm looking for them to just go out there, continue to be aggressive, but ultimately I I want to see them be selectively aggressive because Hendricks is still despite his struggles in the early part of the season, really good at changing eye levels and changing shapes and changing speeds on his pitches. So they can't just go up there and just be as free swinging as they have been um, for a good portion of this season here. It's going to be important that they be selective up there and ultimately try to get pitches in zones to do damage. And if they do that, I, I think they can go out there and they can have success tomorrow. I
0: love it. Tony, any thoughts? You know, I I, I want to see one thing happen tomorrow, and that's Jose Abreu break out of whatever's going on with Jose Abreu at the plate. I wouldn't say it's um, a slump because he has
1: had some hits, he, but it's it's not the, some... it's not the he's not slugging yet, right? I
0: think that's correct. The, that's what we're getting at. I think the final piece to this puzzle for the White Sox offense and this White Sox team. You saw Timmy going. I referenced it earlier in the show. He's the straw that stirs the drink. You talk about the two leaders of this club, especially on offense. You've got Tim Anderson and Jose Abreu. The next thing you need to see this thing start clicking and, and start talking about winning streaks, three games or more, like uh, Steve said at the beginning of the show, Jose Abreu starting to take that next step to, to you know, just drive balls to the gaps, a couple of doubles instead of double play balls, a couple of home runs over the course of the next few games. I want Jose to start getting on uh, on a hot streak. I think this team can start clicking on all cylinders. I'm looking for that tomorrow. Purely because of what he did in 2020 against the Chicago Cubs at Wrigley Field. I want to see that continuation from Jose Abreu. That's, that's, that's really what I'm looking for. Uh, from the pitching side, guys, it's going to be a really good pitching matchup. You want... Lucas Giolito to build off what Dylan Cease and Michael Kopech just did in their last two starts. I think that rotation is clicking right now. He's going to have the mindset going into this game the same way Kopech and Dylan Cease did. You want to be that guy that follows. And I think that Giolito has the stuff to do that. We talk about setting the tone here. The tone in the rotation has been set. And you know who start- said it? Vince Velasquez. Vince Velasquez did (laughs) set the tone for this rotation. That is an excellent call out there, Johnny. But for real, Timmy set the tone on the offense. Right. Vince Velasquez set the tone on, on pitching. And we're let, let's keep yeah, it rolling let's, and, and let's build on it. So let's ride us, that's what I'm looking for.
1: Yeah, let's ride a stretch here. Let's just start that winning streak that Steve uh, described how you achieved that winning streak earlier in the show. So, um, let's get to pick to click here. Who's going to help us do that? Uh, I'm going to ride with Josh Harrison, a guy who has gaudy numbers against Mr. Kyle Hendricks. So, I would assume we'll be back in the lineup once again, uh, unless there's something uh, ailing him that I don't know about, but um, safe to assume uh, I would imagine he will be back. Uh, in the lineup
2: tomorrow, so I'm going with him. How about you guys? I think that we are going to get to see some yes money grandal bat drop porn, baby. Um, this is a guy you know spent some time in the NL Central, a lot of time in the National League, so he's seen Kyle Hendricks in playoff situations, divisional play. Knows what to expect from him. I think we're going to get that bat drop tomorrow, and it's going to be sexy as fuck.
0: I mean, my first pick to click has got to be the beer fridge in my garage for tomorrow night with you guys. Cause I think that thing's going to have some damage done by the end of the night. That's number one. Number two, MVP shit. I just talked about Jose Breu for, for a little while there. And I want to keep talking about Jose Abreu. Johnny, I'm hoping you're bringing the red man tomorrow. I want the, uh, I want the power MVP. of the chaw. Yeah. I want the power of the chaw. the MVP shit. You know, I I think that's the level we need to be on. Jose yeah. Abreu, pick to click.
1: Yeah, I like it. I like a good picks all around, boys. Uh, Steve, I'd love that because that would be what the first since the second game of the season uh that we saw he has bat trap. He's been cold, but um, I agree. Soft tossing righty, I think that uh bodes well uh, for him putting one of the bleachers. And like I said. My Josh Harrison pick has some gaudy numbers against Mr. Hendricks throughout his career, uh, playing against him, uh, obviously, plenty of times uh, with Pirates, Nationals, yada, yada, what have you. So, uh, boys, final thoughts, and let's
2: wrap this baby up. Just another good win. Just find a way to keep stacking these things. Get a win tomorrow. You know, that is three in a row. Go up to Boston. Take care of business against the Ginger Sox. Let's have a big week here. Let's get back on track.
0: Let's go hey guys I love having the bases loaded together here on the on the three-man show. it's it's always a fun time to talk about a white sox winner. Victory beers tastes better Johnny we just know that they do that's I mean can we get some confirmation Steve? hashtag confirmed. thank you um confirmed. you know guys can't wait to watch another white sox winner tomorrow talk about it together um overall, I'm liking the turnaround and the tone that this team has right now versus a week ago. I hope you guys can agree with me there. If you still are a little bit worried, I, I like the tone right now.
1: No, I, I do too. I like the energy too. Like I had mentioned, uh, Ray Low pounding that glove um, mm-hmm. with that, did just that kind of stuff. And we saw some good things on Monday as well. Um, hey, mine is about milestones, and you need to hit some milestones as you creep forward uh, towards being a competitive team and ultimately a playoff team. Guess what? At some point, you're going to obviously, this is a little bit later than we wanted to, but you had to hit that double digit win mark, right? Guess what? We're there. We're in two of the columns there. So we've got two, we, we've got 10 uh, wins on the season. Let's go. And like Steven said many times before, you got to really get back. 500 before you can start being dangerous again. Uh, We're on our way there, at least in terms of the vibes, as our guy Sean would say. Um, So I like that. We can continue that there. And like you said, Steve, uh, go win this one, then take a series from Ginger Sox over the weekend and, and then let's get this ship righted here uh, and start this gauntlet as you had outlined it on tipsforcent.com. Steve, off to a good start for our White Sox. That's it's always it. great to beat the Cubs. Yeah, it's always great to beat the Cubs too. That's another great final thought to close this You thing gotta out. love it. Yeah, you know, that background is uh, pretty succulent there, Tony. I'm enjoying it. So, <laughs>
0: Thank you. I might just sit down here after the show and yeah. just bask in De- the asking, glory of yeah. the owl flag.
1: Yeah, I love it. Boys, that's it. We're here to give our final thoughts. Let's go. Sweep, mini-sweep tomorrow.
2: White Sox forever. White Sox forever. White Sox for life.